Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I am your host, John Lauderer. Today I am joined by local singer-songwriter and band leader, Andrew Thelston. here with Mr. Andrew Thelston. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. How are you? Doing good. I appreciate you being here today. Hey, thanks for having me on, John. Of course. So Andrew and I have a, uh, a mutual acquaintance in, in Roddy Wilder, who's your uh, <laughs> current bass player and yeah. the, uh, the, the singer and, uh, and dancer entertainer extraordinaire in my party band. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's a man who wears many hats. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, he kills on the bass, man. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's, he, he's I, so good. he and I went to college together at Western Carolina, and uh, I think he's like one of the first people I met. Um, oh, really? At school for music. Yeah, he was one of the first people once school had started. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, they were like, "Oh, you gotta go check out this kid, man. This bass is it's bigger than he is," and because <laughs> he's playing the same five string that he plays with me now. And yep. uh, I went in there and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "This dude shreds. It's amazing." Yeah. So you know Matt Williams too, then, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Matt and I were in a lot of different uh, jazz groups up there, and some, uh, you know, lots of gigs, going back and forth, sharing bills, and that's how you and I actually know each other. I knew you looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I was in a band called the Get Downs when I was living in Boone, and uh, Andrew was in a band called the American Gonzos, and we did yeah. a few few bills we shared. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, that was a great band too. And and I remember my my takeaway from that was what I killer guitar player you are you have oh thanks man especially your lead playing not many people can really you know pull it off but you you, <laughs> you know what you're doing man practice practice right. practice it's mm-hmm. all i do i mean that's the one good thing about dealing with the uh current situation with the quarantine is like i'm just <laughs> just Plenty practicing time. yeah yeah and just practicing and working on recordings and yep you know existing <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's what uh, most musicians I've talked to, they're all trying to take advantage of the situation and uh, you know, make something positive out of it and start creating and recording as much as possible. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do you have a home recording studio? Yeah, yeah, I've got a I've got a small setup. I went to school um for recording at Western uh, mm-hmm. Music and Recording and um yeah, I've just kind of amassed so much gear <laughs> over the years that uh you know, finally have like a nice little spot, and it's it's really good for vocals and um, really good for like guitar overdubs and keyboards and stuff like that. Smaller stuff, yeah. Um, you know, and I've got I've got some drums set up. I've got some decent drum sounds, but nothing yeah. nothing to write home about. But uh, it, it does gotcha. the job for sure. Yeah, well, that's the real investment if you want to do the the drum room with oh, yeah. you know that the high sensitivity mics and everything that can be oh, yeah. qu- quite a investment. Uh, but nowadays, you know, Ableton and all that, you just you can make a drum sound like the real deal, you know. Oh, absolutely, it's a, crazy, a man. Cheaper. These plugins on Logic are insane. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's even fooling me nowadays. It sounds like a yeah. real drummer. It's crazy. Yeah. 
So you uh, are a true Western North Carolina local. You grew up around Brevard, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to high school in Brevard. Um, yeah, and pretty much just stayed around here. Uh, it's just so pretty around here. And you, you being a touring musician as well, like, you know, there are a lot of parts of the country that are just not, not quite as pretty, <laughs> not quite as nice. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I've definitely, definitely seen a bit of that out on the road. So it's nice, you know, it's just nice to have a, a nice place to come home to. Really nice I know. Home, you know. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for uh natural beauty. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We've, you know, we, we play like sometimes big cities, well, you know, Southern big cities like Charlotte yeah. and Atlanta and stuff like that. And I'm always super stoked to come home and, and glad I live here and not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That traffic in Charlotte is pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, a quick side note, if I sound a little uh, down in the dumps, I had a uh, an allergy attack earlier today. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, the tree pollen's really getting me. So I was cutting the grass earlier, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably down a third right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm definitely a, a base today. <laughs> Contra base, maybe. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, well, uh, I'm also actually a former catamount. Uh, although I was there in the nineties. Uh, oh, okay. And nice. I wasn't a music major. I was a communications major. Oh, very um, cool. TV radio. I was nice. on the, uh, the radio station there. And had they built the studio yet? Uh, it was no, it was, okay. <laughs> I kind of had a bad, uh, run of luck as far as my, uh, college, my first run of college, because I went to West Carolina for two years and it was all the old facilities, all outdated. Yeah. It was all about to be torn down and rebuilt. Uh, right and then I, I transferred to East Carolina, um, still in communications, and it was the same deal. That this old facility is all ancient, and then right after I graduated, you know, they got a all new facility with digital uh, recording uh, yeah. and everything. So yeah, I, I was just on the cutting edge of the digital res- the digital revolution. I didn't quite make it. So yeah, I got in there right at I think maybe a couple of years after they had built the studio, and that was that was awesome. Like I was. You know, I tell I tell folks all the time, they're like, oh, you know, do you really have to go to school to be a musician? And obviously, no, you don't have to go to school to be a musician. But, um, you know, what I learned in college was really just time management and mm-hmm. the fundamentals of recording and yeah. how to be how to be creative while also getting the job done. Right. <laughs> and, you know, having that studio at Western to, uh, to really learn in, that was amazing. Yeah, well, I did get a uh, tour of that studio a couple of years ago. Uh, remind me, what's the name of the professor who's in charge of all that there? Uh, Doctor Fraser was kind of that's the one. Of, yeah, that's the yeah, one. yeah. He gave small me a tour. Cajun, small Cajun man. <laughs> yeah, he's a trip, man. But he, he's that was a, wild. He was a acquaintance of my parents, so they wanted me to go over there and uh, oh, cool, and, and get a tour and see what's happened since I'd been there. And it was kind of a shock, actually, for anyone who went to Western Carolina back in the '90s and before they completely redid the campus. Like back in the day, there was a, a main drag going down like uh, beside um, the bell tower. Yeah. Just, that went straight up the hill, and that was the main drag. And they just took all that out and built buildings everywhere. It's a completely different place now. It's, a, it's kind of a, a head trip to go there now. Oh, absolutely. They've changed it. I graduated there, I guess, 10 years ago, and they've they've built upon it since then as well, you know. Yeah, it's, so uh, ever changing. Constantly evolving, you know. Yeah, I heard they just tore down. Um, we're in the process of tearing down some of the old uh, residence halls there. Yeah, so, yeah, I got the I got the alumni magazine. <laughs> they were talking about 
these ridiculous stories in those dorms. And I was like, ugh. I got a lot of stories, but I don't really want to tell about them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a few too, but I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> different podcast, different podcast. Right, right. <laughs> um, so um, you uh, did. You were in Brevard, and then you went to West Carolina. And then uh, what was your career path after that? Well, right after I, uh, well, while I was in college, I was in a band, um, just the just the worst band name imaginable for the style of music we were doing. We were called the Summertime Whiskey Band, uh-huh. and we were doing like basically heavy funk rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. you know, it was it a little. Sound it, like that. Yeah, it definitely doesn't <laughs> sound like we sound like a bluegrass band right. with like three teeth between five members of people. But um, like uh, it. What it did, though, was, uh, you know, on top of getting my education while I was in school, I gigged, like, all the time, constantly gigging. And uh, I really learned the ins and outs of booking a show, promoting a show, getting in there. Do you have a demo? Do you have a recording? Da-da-da-da-da. Do you have social media presence, even at, like, the infancy of social media? You know, having all of that kind of stuff. Um, that's what I was doing in college and really kind of figuring the ins and outs with that band. Uh, once we, once I graduated about 10 years ago, uh, the bass player of that band, Michael Dean, uh, he and I, we then started American Gonzos and, uh, we went out and we released two albums and a handful of singles and, uh, yeah, just went out and really toured it up, you know, played every, every place we could possibly play for about seven years and uh okay really just uh yeah hit it hard and again just honing the craft even more and, yeah seven years know, that's a long run yeah that is a long run for sure and we 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 did basically everything we could do and actually last year uh one of our tunes uh was picked up by a netflix show oh. uh the show lucifer um, oh cool they, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I'm, again, super proud of it. Um, I didn't have much to do with it <laughs> other than uh, getting a little bit of money for it and some Spotify plays and stuff, which was amazing. But, um, yeah, CD Baby Publishing, they've been really helping out a lot of, uh, a lot of unknown artists. And I guess I clicked a box <laughs> when I put our stuff on CD Baby that said, do you want your stuff? you know, considered for TV and film. And yeah. of course I was like, duh, and I never <laughs> thought it would happen. And, yeah. you know, a couple of years later, there you go. So wow, it, was, uh, awesome. it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was funny how I, I, you know, I don't know if it was funny or not, but, um, uh, at the time I was getting ready for the North Carolina, the NC Songsmiths tour. Um, mm-hmm. and I was doing that last summer and I was like, well, let me dig into some of these older songs. I haven't, you know, played in a while. So just type American Gonzos into YouTube and uh, there's a song that we didn't do a video for. We didn't really play it out live that much. You know, we probably played played it for about a year, but it wasn't one of the, you know, the set staples. And I go and I, I see this video on YouTube, and there's got like twelve thousand hits or something. I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, that's that's a lot. And then it said the the title of the show, which is Lucifer, and it's season four. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, what is going on here? And I like find it and I'm sitting there at my house. My wife's already gone to sleep and I'm, you know, it's like two in the morning and like, there's our song. Like, you know, like it's, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and <then laughs> nobody, nobody let me know, but I did get paid for it. And the band got paid for it. So it's okay. You know, luckily okay. it wasn't some ridiculous show. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, it's a pretty popular show for sure. And they put us on the Spotify playlist for that show. And we got a lot of plays Uh off of that. Okay. Do you know how they used your song? Was it just like uh, a bed for a a scene or is it? Yeah. It's like this, the scene shift, um, in, in one of the, uh, one of the episodes and yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It was definitely the, uh, you know, it was, it was an unexpected and, and it was a really cool thing too, because we haven't, you know, played for, I don't know, three or four years at this point. So it was really nice to kind of get that like little bit of validation, you know, for seven years of busting my ass. (laughs) Right. Something to show for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, so when you were together for that amount of time, uh, were you working a, a day job? Or were you just full on trying? to Yeah, work? well, I was oddly enough, we're doing a podcast. I was in radio okay. for basically the duration of that band. I worked at uh, WTZQ in Hendersonville. Okay, and I also had a show on Asheville FM for um, for about two years of that, um, five or six years that I was at WTZQ and. Uh, you know, learn the ins and outs with the radio stuff too. Um, at the same time, you know, it was a very, it was a very flexible job where I could kind of, mm. you know, work, get off five o'clock. If I got to go to a gig, I could always ask off and things like that. And, you know, they're very into the hyper local radio scene, which is really important these days. I think that's really like how radio kind of survives nowadays is just being, just know your market and own that market. And, um, you know, I got to host a local music show out there for a handful of years, and uh, you know, I got to got to do some really fun stuff over there for sure. So, oh, good, it was, yeah. It was a good day job to have. <laughs> oh, good, and they they were pretty flexible with touring and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. It was always you know just let them know as you know and far as far in advance and all that right. kind of stuff. And okay. I had my old my old boss. He had been like a musician, and then there were several other musicians that were still working there as well so we all kind of knew what was going on and you know again it was a small radio station but i learned a lot about that industry as well (laughs) yeah yeah i did my time in student radio both at western carolina and east carolina nice but i never did a professional beyond that i I worked a little bit in uh, local news television after graduating uh but that was about the end of my uh TV radio uh, experience. After that, yeah. I went back to school for music education, and I just I didn't mess with it much anymore. So this podcast is my first foray back, uh, getting back into it yeah. behind a mic. Yeah, wetting the whistle, so to speak. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so um, after American Gonzo is called it quits, uh, I imagine you you started your solo project. Well, and I had kind of the two years before that, we'd kind of. You know, it was just the, the, the general interest amongst us. It was, you know, it was, it was just kind of waning. And it just kind of, I was doing a lot of solo gigs. I picked up um, a weekly residency over at this little restaurant in Hendersonville called um, Me and Mr. Mustard's Cafe. Oh, yeah, the Beatles and, place, yeah. Yep, I played there for, I played there three days a week for about a year. Nice. And really got my chops together for solo gigs and... You know, along with the brewery explosion that happened about five years ago, um, mm-hmm. I started playing all these smaller breweries and doing solo gigs, something that I was absolutely terrified of yeah. for uh, for a long time. You know, like when I was in high school, you know, middle school, high school, college, I always had a band behind me. So I was kind of, I was a little terrified to kind of get out there and just be by myself. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, anybody that does that too, you know, there's definitely, you, you have to get over, you have to get over a lot of fear in order yeah. to just be up on stage for three hours. Like you don't have anybody, you don't have a drummer back there. You don't have a bass player, keyboard player. You can kind of yep. wink at, or, you know, laugh about or whatever. It's just you. So, you know, mm. and as much music as it is, it's, it's definitely like an, like an entertaining thing. Like you are entertainment. So even once the song is done, you know, if there's silence and it's boring, tell a joke, you know, right. talk about how you wrote the next song or talk about how this and that, you know, it's like, you gotta be, you gotta be entertainment. Um, when you're on that stage, you know, you're not just an artist. And I think a lot of people kind of, you know, the learning curve on that one is kind of, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you also, you also have to be okay with being, uh, just background music, which, well, that's in, also in true. restaurants. That's yep. basically what you are. Cause people are there to talk to each other and not so much yeah, listen to a, a musician. Definitely. And yeah. that goes into like booking the gig and having the appropriate gig, yeah. you know? And like, I've been in plenty of situations where I've booked a three piece rock and roll band and, Oh, this is a restaurant. Oh, okay you know but as long as you've got the right musicians and stuff uh you can make that work you know you can you can convey energy in a lot of different ways it's not just volume you know it's uh musicianship and it's again an entertaining quality for the uh, for the audience and stuff that's right play in the room with quite exactly. intensity yeah that's right awesome um yeah i did a few of those kind of gigs too you know i'm mainly a drummer but uh, I also dabble on guitar and other things. And uh, when I was in in Boone, I was getting my master's degree in music. Uh, I would uh, do a few of those type of things, just solo guitar and vocal. Yeah. Uh, and I did it at a bar in uh, Banner Elk for a while. And that was interesting because, you know, a bar is a little different from a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because people are going to get rowdy in a bar. So... <laughs> Yeah, yep. you got you gotta you gotta kinda, you know, choose your uh repertoire to cater to that yep. kind of crowd. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I had to bone up no on my slow songs. No right. slow songs. I had to bone up on my old Johnny Cash and uh, <laughs> nice. all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've had to do plenty of that. Yeah, and I did I made that mistake I think the first few times I played there, I played some slow songs and didn't didn't work out. Nope. So, <laughs> I ain't got no time for it. Slow yeah. songs aren't drinking songs. <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is a totally different vibe, you know, just being a a human jukebox and, and yeah. not so much a performer, entertainer, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, it's a, it's a very different It's world, an ego check, sure. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I highly recommend it for anybody out there that's got a, that's got a big head about themselves. <laughs> yeah. But the other ego check is uh, busking. Have you ever tried any busking? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, especially I, I like the busking scene in Asheville, too. Like, that's really, um, you don't see that in every city or every town. Really. Yeah. You know, it's well, it's nice. illegal in some places. Yeah. yeah. It's a little easier to do it here. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And there's just, you know, it's funny, you know, when we're not in a quarantine. Um mm. To be able to walk down and see, you know, uh, you know, see some mimes and then see some folk guitar and then see a drum set set up and, you know, walk a couple blocks and see all this different stuff. It's, uh, it's kind of nice. It's very eclectic around here, which is, yeah. which is pretty good. You know? The drum set buskers, are, they trip me out, especially. <laughs> yeah. Because they just, they just sit up and they just play whatever, you know. Just you going for improvise it. Improvise yeah. for hours and hours and hours. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's something to be said for that. Um, actually, I was downtown a few days ago with the wife and child. Uh, you know, I was seeing what's going on, you know. Uh, yeah. A few people walking around, and actually there was a violin player busking in front of the uh, the new hotel down there next to Vance Square. Yeah. Uh, and... He, he was going for it, man. He had the loops going and wow. he was wailing and kind of dancing around, you know, and, and nice. it's, uh, it was kind of nice to see that, like a little sense of normalcy downtown, you know, yeah. it's in a time where, uh, everyone's supposed to be on lockdown, but they're not really enforcing that, you know, yeah. we, uh, we walked down downtown a bit and some cops passed by and, you know, they don't, they don't care. I mean, technically yeah. we're supposed to be at home, but it's not mandatory. So, you know, they're not. Yeah, it's, a, not it's an interesting. Yeah, it's it's a. We'll see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're being still a little alive. rebellious. We're, yeah, we're still alive. You know, we're still we're still kicking. You know, but it's. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's okay to be out and about as long as you're just keeping your distance and you know taking yeah, precautions. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you much of an outdoors guy? Uh, yeah, I definitely like going hiking a lot, and I definitely like a good... I've got two dogs, so it's always nice to go out for, for long walks and things like that. And, yeah, so what are you doing right now? I mean, a lot of those trails are closed, but a few are open. Do you have any? We have, issues? luckily, uh, we live out here in Black Mountain, right behind our house. We've mm-hmm. got a trail that um, kind of goes up, and uh, we've been taking the dogs out there. And Yeah, you know, not all of the trails are closed, but the vast majority are for a while the first couple weeks we were just going up on the parkway and you know found some really cool trails off the parkway which were really fun um but uh yeah they've closed the parkway (laughs) in the last couple weeks so Uh, you know are all the are all the gates closed on the parkway you just can't get on it okay yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's kind of a bummer and do you know if uh all the trails around montreat are closed too uh they're supposed to be yeah Uh, we went up there a couple of weeks ago, and it was, I mean, it was full, you know, packed, packed okay. gills full of people, so right. um, I'm not sure what that... Yeah, I don't think that's uh, state property, so I guess they yeah. they could do what they want. I guess that's technically Montreal property, like yeah. uh, Mount Lookout and all that. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so um, we're going to get into your uh, your solo career here. Yeah. So uh, you sent me a few of your tunes, and I, uh, I was checking them out, and they're they're all really cool and unique Thanks, in their own man. way. Thanks. Um, and uh, I'd like to start off with your tune, Aggressive Chemistry. Nice. Uh, this is yeah. a, a sort of electro rocker uh, that has a, a lot of sweet lead guitar work in it. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if, you know, something happened to me and, uh, you know, they needed to play something for a memorial, that guitar solo, I'm pretty proud that's of it. that. That's your moment. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's it's all, that's all one take, too. Like, most of my... Uh, guitar solos are very you know i, I kind of sculpt them but nine times out of ten they're one take like all the way through and it's you know do you improvise or do you have yeah them it's kind of it kind of depends you know sometimes i'll i'll really I'll, I'll sort of write one out but i still just get it in like a take you know mm. i really push for that that one take and there's a lot of harmonies and stuff uh in that aggressive chemistry solo but um mm. that was a lot of fun i did that um uh, recording over at Gingerbird Studios. That's where I did um, uh, all of my recordings, all of my solo recordings. My friend Daniel and I kind of started this studio, and we did a, 
a handful of other band projects and we did my solo album and then we did a couple singles and aggressive chemistry was the first single i did after i put my album out mm. and um that's me playing everything that's me on drums bass guitar all the synthesizers nice. and the 50 voices and all that kind of stuff and you and i both share uh uh, a love for prince i've noticed oh, on yeah. facebook oh, and yeah. i am i am the prince fan really uh, absolutely are oh, you yeah. the are you the uh, fan club president oh man my, all, my favorite album is dirty mind if that tells you anything. oh so, you know like, yeah that's 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 back to the beginning man yeah oh, yeah yeah man and that's back in his rick rick james days <laughs> yeah and it was you know it was one of those things where you know as i was kind of getting ready to branch out and do my solo album um i was like well, I really like Paul McCartney. I really like Dave Grohl. I really like Prince. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys, you know, their first album, if not the first couple albums, were just, just them. Just them. So That's I was right. like, well, I really would like to do that. You know, I've been playing, you know, I've been playing guitar since I was twelve, and I've been writing songs since I was like thirteen or fourteen, and I've been playing um, drums since I was sixteen and bass around the same time. So I was like, you know, like this would be and I was turning thirty around the time too, not to give out my age to the entertainment industry or anything. But um <laughs> uh, I was like, well I'd like to do something big for my birthday. You know, this is a big birthday and uh yeah, so I just kinda put together eight songs and went in there and recorded and went through that whole process and I absolutely have so much more respect for drummers. Oh, yeah drummers and bass players man like because what you guys have to deal with when you're recording is such a pain like, yeah well especially yeah. that way yeah i've done oh, that yeah. Be- i've done that before where i've recorded like a song all by myself started with the drums yeah. you know, no scratch drums. no scratch track just in my mind just thinking about yeah. the song you know yeah. is that what you did you didn't have a scratch you just played i i had a i had a scratch on some of them okay and then some of the other ones i just kind of would just play it in my head so okay um yeah yeah, that's that's the really tricky thing to do. Is just uh, oh, yeah. no, no scratch, no net, just going in and doing it. Well, then yeah. it's almost like you have to be, you know, split personality. Yeah. Where you have to be, and that was the thing, you know, because I've done that full album and then Aggressive Chemistry, all by myself. So I was like, all right, I've got to. How do I want the drums to sound? I need to. It's got to have like that kind of energy of a band. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what I was really kind of pushing for, so that I have to get behind the drums and be like, "All right, well, I'm gonna just play the way that I would play if I needed a drummer. I wanted a drummer to do exactly what I wanted them to do, kind of right. thing." And it was, you know, and it was the. There's some interesting things I was listening back. I don't really listen to stuff that I've released after I release it and go through the whole, you know, the whole thing of of releasing it or whatever, but I was listening back to that album the other day, actually, and uh, or the first album, and there's some interesting little things that I do with, like, the bass and the drums, and it was, you know, the bass picking up something that I did on the drums off mm. the fly, and kind of just filling in the gaps is really what it is. It's, you know, because nine times out of ten, I'll write something on guitar or bass, yeah. and then I'll write the vocals and all that good stuff, and then kind of fill everything else in as need be and just kind of like you said build it up from the drums and yeah and you mentioned the Foo Fighters first record uh yeah I love that album. Th- that was a big one for me too it's uh, so good good and, grief is an amazing song yeah well really the whole record there's no duds mm-hmm. on it it's just a great record absolutely and he knocked that album off out in like a couple of days yeah you know just doing it doing the drum tracks and building on it and there's your record and, absolutely 
and he does somehow he captures kind of a live band feel even though he's just doing track by track yeah uh and you know he's he's mainly a drummer of course uh but you know he's dave Grohl. he's he's dave Grohl. he's the, man. He's the renaissance man you know he can do it all um so i still go back to that record every now and then just oh, mar- marvel as brilliance it's just so great it's so good <laughs> Okay, cool. So let's give a listen to a little bit of this song, Aggressive Chemistry by Andrew Thelston. back with Andrew. Uh, the next tune we're going to listen to is Rule the World. Uh, this is kind of a high-energy rocker with some yeah. really really epic vocal harmonies you got on this track. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. that was um, that was actually the first... Um, that was the last single that I put out um, before I put out a Christmas song. Uh, I put out the Kinks, uh, Father Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, with Roddy and Jeff. But... Uh-huh. Um, this uh, rule the world came out about a year ago, and I decided to use some uh, some other musicians. So uh, my good friend uh, Randall Harris is on drums on this one, and then uh, Anthony Dorian, who used to play bass for me, um, he's on bass. Uh, Jamie Lee Bennett is on cello, and then um, John Lynn Senyard is on violin. I'm trying to think. Oh, and Blake Elledge was doing some of the harmonies towards the end of that song on the chorus and stuff. And, oh, okay. Those are live yeah. strings. You know, I have a hard time uh, determining if it's live or MIDI nowadays because it's, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. But It's very hard to tell sometimes, yeah. yeah. That's cool that you actually use some live players. That, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, and that was, that was really fun to kind of get back into that, and it was ultimately like a, you know, me trusting them. And it was also really fun, too, to kind of, especially like the string parts. Like I went the whole full Monty with that and just mm. wrote the parts out, really sculpted up the two parts at the end and, and really, so, really had that together and, and kind of presented it to them, you know, wrote it out and went through the uh, computer program to print it up for them and everything. That was really satisfying. That was nice to do that for sure. Oh. Was part of your uh, college education, uh, like any arranging orchestration? Yeah, orchestration, arranging. You know, okay. All that kind of stuff, which was really fun to do. Okay, so you got your SATB down. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went through plenty of those myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, uh, did that take any um, trial and error, uh, or did like when they came in to record? Did, were there any um, modifications there, that be needed? There, I, I I talked to Jamie about cello, and it was really just like me having to remember. I was like, "What's your lowest note?" She's like, "C." Right. I was like, all right, cool. Got it. <laughs> You know, and then I was like, how high can you get up there? She's like, pretty high. And I was like, all right, good. (laughs) You know, and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of kept it in the middle, but it was, it was really nice to kind of do that. Cause again, I, you know, some of my big heroes are people like, you know, George Martin and Mm -hmm. Brian Wilson and, you know, Phil Spector when he's not toting a gun (laughs) and acting crazy, you know, (laughs) right, right. You know, the, the real, the real deal producers and, you know, uh, Frank Zappa as well. And really just, you know, having written music out for those musicians and you know the ability to the ability to do that it's it's a very satisfying thing to think something up in your head and then to be able to write it out and be like there you go something happened and a thousand years from now somebody found that and be like oh right what the hell you know what is this and yeah potentially be able to perform it yeah writing for strings is tricky i found because you know you, you have to keep in mind like they're bowing and their oh, fin- yeah. the fingering limitations and yep. you know, jump, jump and the key note note. the key of the song too right that was, that's the, another thing <laughs> that's right that's right yeah what key luckily is this, one this was a pretty good this was a decent key this is C minor so E flat major and okay it so wasn't that's... too bad it was a it was a little bit it, it took you know it was, it was a little bit of work to yeah. get it in there but it wasn't too bad the good thing is the string players um they're really good about being some some are really good about being in tune mm-hmm. kind of oh you yeah know, hearing what's happening and then like oh let me adjust this and do to do and then they're fine oh man if, if you don't have an ear and you're a string player it's time to hang it up because that's pretty, <laughs> yeah that's half, that's half the battle intonation oh man. for sure yeah i know there's no room for air yeah okay great well let's give a listen to that tune rule the world by andrew thelson you 
Andrew Thelson. The last song we're going to listen to is The Ocean. Nice. Uh, so this is kind of a mid-tempo funk tune. Um, yeah. As, as far as the rhythm section is concerned. Yeah, I was really... Um, I can't really remember how I wrote the bass part. I think I wrote the bass part first. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote all of that guitar, all of my guitar acrobats, <laughs> acrobatics um, on there uh, after that. And yeah, you have a call and response thing going on with the guitar. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really cool to record it. And then I was like, oh crap, I have to play this live. <laughs> right, I was so, wondering about that. How do you do that? I uh, well, with I've got a pedal. pedal maybe? Yeah, I've got a pedal that kind of throws in that. Um, I really like along with being hugely influenced into rock and roll and hard rock and funk, I really love rockabilly guitar. Yeah. Absolutely love that stuff. Early 50s rock and roll, rockabilly, whatever you want to call it, you know, Brian Setzer kind of stuff uh, with the Stray Cats in the 80s, you know, just all over the place. I love that Mm. style of guitar so much. And I had just gotten a Moog delay pedal. And that thing had just the sweetest slapback verb on it. And I was like, I'm going to write something with a call and response. And one side is really heavy, almost like heavy metal Mm -hmm. lead sounds. And then the other side is that slapback rockabilly sound. Yeah. And I just really like that duality, you know, it was kind of sculpting up like who I am as a musician and stuff too. You know, I got a lot of different influences. It was kind of nice to toss those in there and that was really that was a lot of fun that's another one that i'm like i'm always very proud of playing that live and getting that together and that's also big uh i've noticed i've worked with some some drummers over over the past couple years that's a that's one for a drummer where they really want to deviate from Uh it i've noticed it's gotta be straight though it's gotta be right there it's gotta be and really what it is too i'm i'm very into uh t-rex the band from the 70s and they've got a song yeah they've got a song called mambo sun and it's boom 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 that's the beat that's it and then the black keys stole that and i will say it right now on this podcast (laughs) pat carney pat carney if you're listening you want to come talk to me about this i know where you got uh everlasting life you stole that from mambo sun and i'm here to talk about it but um (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it's the same beat and so on that i was like man i really love that beat and i was like i'm really gonna do something similar with the the drum part keep it real just in the pocket and then have their, all the other movement of the song yeah coming from all the other uh directions and stuff so yeah it was, uh, well that's such a prototypical rock rhythm section you know, oh, yeah. th- thing that you know everybody has done that in, in their mind oh, you know sure. everybody yeah. Uh, but the know, black keys totally stole that from they, yeah <laughs> from they probably T-Rex. did but, but they would say they were borrowing it or uh come talk to me paying carney. homage <laughs> by the way yeah, i was man. thinking about pat carney i was thinking who is the luckiest drummer on the planet as far as like using don't even get me started don't even get i've got i've got very strong opinions <laughs> on pat carney i think he is the luckiest dude as far as like skill level and success yeah. is concerned yeah you know, because yeah. he's he's okay, but he just he got lucky, man. He really got lucky. He's in the right oh, place yeah. at the right time. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, in the studio they clean him up pretty good, but live is a yeah. little, little sketch. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But I love Blackies. Not not talking trash. Uh, <laughs> I <you know>. am. <laughs> <laughs> so this tune has a, a lyric that struck me. Um, 
I've never seen the ocean, but I know it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you do? You have any uh, metaphorical meaning behind that? Well, eh, what it is ultimately too. I and this is one of the few times where I'll write the lyrics. I've got them completely there, melody, same melody, all that kind of stuff mm. with you know verse and chorus. I was going through and I was like, I hate the way this is working. I was like, mm. I don't like the way these words are working with this. So I stopped and I was like, what else? You know, what what do I really like? And I'm sitting there thinking like, obviously music, musician, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, well, I'm a big science fiction fan. And specifically, I really like the post-apocalyptic futurism kind of stuff. Right. So this these lyrics are basically about a world that has essentially dried up and there aren't any oceans anymore. Oh. But there's kind of a a sort of, you know, blind faith of you know, there are oceans out there you just have to go search as in like you got to go live your life, you got to be you, all that kind of stuff. Again, this was one off of the uh my debut album, so it was, you know, kind of really thinking about my future a lot and thinking about like you know, what does all of this kind of stuff mean to me? And uh, Chris Cornell had passed away prob- oh, probably while I was writing his lyrics. And Huge I loss. The, and I put those, um, and he's one of my favorite singers ever. Me too, me too. And I kind of sort of, you know, not that I could ever sing like him, but in the, the verses of this song, I get really, you know, very intense, similar to uh, Chris Cornell. But there's a lyric in there, uh, Supernova Skies, that was my black hole sun reference, right. you know, okay, bit, okay. you know, paying a little bit of homage to him, oh, but, man. um, yeah, it's really just like, it's a, it's a song, you know, sort of loosely about science fiction, futurism, dried up climate change, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. then, but it's ultimately about, you know, just having faith that you need to go out there and push yourself, you know, go out there and, and try to find those things that you don't think that other people say aren't there and, you know, really just kind of just go out there and live, you know? I hear you. That brings to mind, uh, the movie Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen, but you know, the whole time they're driving to find the green place and that's, that's exactly. Yeah. That's the whole, um, premise to, you know, the, the, to find this place that doesn't exist. Yeah. And then, and then after, after they find out it doesn't exist, they have to, you know, find their, their own path, which is back where they came from. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah, pretty that brilliant. That's a great movie. Uh, I, man, I remember yeah. watching Road Warrior at way too early of an age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, me too, probably. had and have awesome parents, and they definitely let me watch that, like, way <laughs> too early. But, yeah. uh, again, and that's, you know, I'm super into all kinds of science fiction, and, you know, I got all my music taste from my mother for sure and uh yeah you know uh, most of my music musical talent from her as well but um you know they're they're good parents for sure even though they let me watch crazy assless chaps guys running around right? the desert well, some of the bdsm gear you know? <laughs> we've Come all on. lost people we love <laughs> <laughs> great movie nice all right well, let's give a listen to the ocean by andrew thelston I don't give a damn 
that was The Ocean. And if you don't mind me asking, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the Led Zeppelin song of the same title. Yes. Uh, when you're, <laughs> when you're uh, you know, writing songs um, or titling songs, do you, do you get hung up on, you know, what's come before? Or, Sometimes or just kinda... titling, like, and like I'm literally right now in the process of hearing back uh, second and third round mixes of my single that I'm going to be putting out soon. And I still don't have a title for the damn thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I've got the lyrics written and, you know, I want it to be, a, you know, and I guess an eye catching title or ear catching title or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you know, D'Angelo had a song called untitled, <laughs> and, right. you know, there's, but there are things to be said about, you know, the like titling a song like you just said. And yeah. it got confusing. Um, we were supposed to do a Led Zeppelin tribute um, oh. a couple weeks ago, which is a huge bummer. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's what it is. You're going to we do a whole pra- set. That's right. Yeah. We were going to uh. do a whole set of uh. Zeppelin stuff. And again, Robert Plant is also another huge mm-hmm. hero of mine. Is mm-hmm. you know, the entire band. Led Zeppelin is amazing. Every uh, member of that band is just... God's phenomenal but um john bonham is the best rock and roll drummer ever hands hands down down. hands down but um yeah we were getting ready for that and then so we'd be practicing we'd be at rehearsal and i'd be like all right let's do the ocean i'd be like you know they would there was one time where roddy started and you know and i'm like you know jeff's doing the drum part for my song i was like ah crap i was like "Uh, wrong ocean guys (laughs) but um you know it was well, it's it was, all been done before, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's you know, there's there's lots of songs with, you know, there's that uh, Harry Styles song "Sign of the Times," and then right. there's Prince's song "Sign Over exactly. the Times." Right. And then there's also Petula Clark's song back in like the '60s called "Sign of the Times." So, yeah. You know, like it's completely different songs for sure. But, yeah, I know, especially song titles that just have one word. You know, yeah. Like, say for instance, drive. Like, if you uh, search drive in Spotify, there's probably at least fifty songs that are called drive. Yeah, I know. Oh, at cool. least <laughs> at least two are popping in my head with Incubus and the Cars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's REM. Uh, there's, there's lots. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, if, especially if it's just one word. But yeah, you have to almost make up your own words to uh, to really be fully original nowadays. Yeah. That's and I'm true. I'm seeing that with band names as well. Like, especially. Like indie oh, yeah. indie rock and stuff like that, and electronic rock. If you go on Mothlight's calendar when they had a calendar, and you look at all the name of those bands, oh uh, yeah, yeah, there's some, just, there's some good ones. They're just making up their own words. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that, and that was the whole thing. Uh, whenever we were, whenever you know, ten years ago when I started American Gonzo's uh, with my old bass player, Mitch, which is a great was, name by the way. That's a great oh, name. it's great, but it was we were just gonna be the Gonzos because yeah. we're both obsessed like hunter s thompson's my favorite yeah. author i've read all of his his books and his memoirs and mm. all that kind of stuff and um i was like yeah let's just be the gonzos and then we were on reverb nation and there was some other band in britain some crappy punk band called the gonzos and yeah. i was like screw those guys we're the american gonzos <laughs> and yes. it was it was a good band name for sure so it it, it worked it worked for sure yeah. Always having, you know, having a, if you can have a band name that starts with an A, or if your name starts with an A, tends to help with the billing. <laughs> That's true. You get top On billing. The flyers and stuff. Yeah. Pro tip right there. Yeah. And you had a really cool logo too. I remember your merch. Uh, did you? Who came up with that logo? That was on your um, um, shirts. 
I'm trying to think. We had two different artists. Uh, Mar Star, Margaret Hester, who mm. went to Western. Um, she was great. And then uh, Kurt McIntyre also did another one. So it depends. I think we had shirts with both of them on there. But okay, yeah, they, that's also another thing, too, where it's like if you can... I've got the... If you go to my YouTube page or anything like that, I've got this AT logo, the Andrew Thelston. It's like this blue and black. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's and, sharp. Uh, Brad Pope, um, really, in Asheville, put that together for me. I kind of, kind of told him the idea I had for it, nice. and a couple people they were like, "Oh, it kind of looks like the Appalachian Trail thing," and I'm like, "No, it doesn't." No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I got some patches done up, yeah. and I've got some some hats and stuff with it. And it just it's a solid. It's a good little good little logo for okay, sure that's well, that's the power of it's the power of art you know yeah well shout out to brad pope uh absolutely yeah uh, man he's, I, he's I went to i went to hawk creek elementary through high school with him so oh wow yeah we go back awesome. like tahitian treats and flat crayons <laughs> <laughs> all right so is there anything you want to plug before we go are you doing any sort of online streaming yeah well you can always you can find all my stuff uh at you know spotify amazon music apple music all that good stuff i'm doing a couple of quarantine shows on facebook so if you just go to andrew thelston music on facebook or just type andrew thelston you'll see the band page and uh kind of doing it through there i'm on instagram um you know i'm doing a lot of you know some cover videos and lots of original material and stuff like that um and you know, I'm in the process of working on a new EP, um, which luckily we got most of the basic recording down, uh, you know, drums, bass, and uh, most of the rhythm were, you know, just what I call my basic guitars because I end up putting 50 guitar tracks on every song. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we luckily started that back in January and we're coming up on on getting the first single out so probably later in the summer that that ep will be out hopefully the the new uh, new song should be out uh hopefully the beginning of june okay so that'll be a lot of fun and again that's got roddy wilder on bass and jeff lott yeah jeff lott on drums and they are they are a great rhythm section they're probably the the best rhythm section i've worked with in in a really long time and Um, we, again, luckily before the, the whole pandemic thing, we were really out on the road most of February, um, you know, kind of getting out there and getting ready to do a lot more this spring. And of course, you know, everything's kind of paused right now, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was just a blast actually go in there and, you know, write these songs and have them put their input in and, uh, you know, kind of get their abilities showcased and get the general sound of the band and we've got some if you go to youtube you can find some of the uh newer live streams from places like pisgah brewing and stuff and um we're yeah, working that one oh, that's yeah a good, yeah that's we've a good got, sound on that one. Oh yeah we've got a couple of them uh up there and then we were also simultaneously working on you know my ep mm. we're putting one together for roddy and that's right that's right and man i tell you what man like it's you know i've known him for 15 years at this point and we were just once we started playing and stuff i was like i was like oh i was like well you know do you have any songs you know have you recorded anything put anything out he's always recorded with other bands but he's never put anything out under his name and i was like right. dude and i was like Let's he's been talking it. about it for years though yeah so. and he, he he's, he's had some of these songs for 
for a while now mm -hmm. and so I got to produce him and I got to throw a couple, you know, really cool producing tricks. I'm pretty proud of a lot of the uh, you know, production on this this yeah. EP for him and uh, you know, it was me and Jeff playing, you know, for Roddy and and Roddy really being able to to sing and you know, we're putting the finishing touches up on his EP as well and um getting mixes back on that and you know, just trying to build the whole thing while dealing with this new normal of sitting at home and, you know, yeah. practicing and playing for Facebook and, you know, whoever's watching and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm also giving a lot of online lessons as well, you know, if anybody out there is interested or anything like that. You know? Yeah, that's right. You're associated with the uh, Music Academy of Western North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. Over in Hendersonville, I give uh, a couple lessons. I give a couple I've got a couple students through that school and I've got some, uh, some outside of that as well. And, okay. Um, you know, the, the zoom and Skype technology, it's, uh, it's really helps, <laughs> you know, if this had happened 10 years ago, I'm not sure everybody would be quite as happy, uh -huh. you know, having to deal yeah. with this stuff, but you know, as, uh, and it's, it's also kind of a ludicrous term to call it social distancing when it's actually physical distancing. It shouldn't <laughs> right. be, we shouldn't yeah. be social distancing. Right. You know, like you and I right now, we're not in the same room. Yeah. We're talking and we're, we're you know, we're, we're able to do that. We are not social distancing. We are physical distancing. Exactly. So. Well, humans are social creatures. So and That's true. Uh, we yeah, can, man. And we can never fully be quarantined. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're just kind of trucking along, you know, putting music together. And again, if anybody out there, you want to check it out, you know, you can always go to Facebook. I've got a YouTube page with some cool videos on there and we've got content coming for that. It's just Andrew Thelston, T H E L S T O N. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And, uh, uh, Spotify. Um, yeah. Apple music. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll include links. Music. I'll include links on this page. Sweet. So if you're yeah. interested, uh, just look on the title page down in the bio and I'll have all those links for you. And uh, I really appreciate you being with me here today, Andrew. And uh, thank I wish you, you luck so in the much. future. Thanks. thanks for doing this podcast. Like it's uh, it's really important. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, you're doing you're doing important work. I really appreciate it. Oh well, thank you, man. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, a good way for um, musicians and their fans to get to know one each other a little bit better. And uh, I hope I can continue this uh, post pandemic as well. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much. I'd like to thank Andrew Thelston for joining me today. Please take some time to check out his links here on this page and support his original music. And until we meet again, y'all take care now. Virtual live streaming online music lessons are here. Need to brush up on your guitar skills? Improve your singing voice? Remember how to play that old dusty piano in the corner? Well, Asheville Music School has got you covered. They teach students of all ages, yes, adults too, and skill levels, and any style of music you're into. Visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org to inquire and learn about dozens of great music teachers. Asheville Music School is a nonprofit organization strengthening Western North Carolina communities through music education and outreach. Once again, visit Asheville Music.
www.musicschool.org for all your music learning needs. Music starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding. It's gotta be better than just good or great. It needs to hit hard like Babe Ruth at the plate. From rock, hip hop, and dance music to blues or pop, hard bop, and swing music, you choose. As a working musician, I can truly relate. So let's rap about your project and schedule a date. My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more.